From Harold Washington to Harold's Chicken and everything in between and beyond, Sociology is the exploration of Chicago culture, history, legends, stories, and fiction through a myriad of discussions with Chicagoans themselves. If you lived in Chicago long enough, there's a high chance that at some point in time you've ridden the L train. The L train is operated by the CTA, the Chicago Transit Authority. It's the second busiest public transit system in the entire country with nearly a daily commutership of one million people. Now, if you've ridden the L train, there's also a high chance you've heard something like this. Doors closing. That voice does not belong to a computer. That voice belongs to this man, Lee Crooks. Lee Crooks is a professional voice actor and a native of Wisconsin. And on this episode of Sociology, I'll talk with Lee about his journey, not just the fact that he's the voice of the CTA, but how he endured the ebbs and the flows and opened himself to many opportunities to find that fulfilling feeling that all creatives seek. So without further ado, let's get right into it with Lee Crooks, the voice that moves millions. So yeah, first I got to open this podcast up with this. Um, I probably know the answer, but I'm hoping that I'm wrong. Are you a Packers fan? I'm a Packers fan. Yeah. I, uh, I grew up in Northern Wisconsin. We, uh, my dad was a huge Packers fan. Went to games when I was a kid, mm. you know, lifelong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of figured that was going to be the case, you know, so <laughs> you gotta put, gotta put the disdain aside, you know, um, on the gridiron. Um, but you know, uh, so you grew up in Northern Wisconsin. Now I've never been nowhere further than Milwaukee. So yeah. how far north are we talking in Wisconsin? Uh, I grew up in Wausau, which is yeah. kind of right in the middle of the state, just slightly north of the middle of the state. Okay. And, uh, you know, so we're 100 miles away from Green Bay. Okay. And uh, it was, you know, it was a nice, it was a great place to grow up. Mm-hmm. Kind of insulated, not a, not a particularly uh, urban, progressive place. But it was also a great place to leave because place hasn't changed a whole lot since i left i mean it has but you know it you know it's kind of its own little enclave up there but i had uh i had bigger plans yeah you had bigger plans um yeah you know you so coming out of high school you say you want to pursue music i did you want to pursue music let's talk about that a little bit real quick sure get into the nitty-gritty like you were a guitarist you were a guitar player I played guitar and keyboards. Uh, you know, I was in stage band in school. I did uh, choir uh, in addition to doing acting. I, you know, I did a lot of artsy sort of things when I was in uh, high school mm. and really enjoyed music. Thought I had the ability to do something with that. Mm-hmm. Went, uh, studied in Wausau. There was a, there's a, university of wisconsin extension up there okay and they had a actually a fairly decent music program not a great program but i studied with a guy from hong kong studied classical guitar uh music composition things like that then went off to the berkeley college of music and that's berkeley b-e-r-k-l-e-e which is different than berkeley in california uh this is in boston and if you look it up i mean it's a really well-known school primarily for jazz and things like that. And I got out there and went, I am a very small fish in a very big pond here. (laughs) And uh, didn't, didn't see a path forward as a musician after seeing what those people were doing. Okay. Uh, You know, spent some time there, but 
came back to Milwaukee, studying uh, music at the Wisconsin Conservatory for a while. And then uh, I sort of set that aside. I beca became a roadie for a local band. Mm -hmm. Ended up getting involved in the recording industry, recording that band, and took a detour into become, becoming a recording engineer for about 11 years. Mm. So um, set music aside as a player completely, yeah. but uh, did become a recording engineer and, you know, did a lot of recording sessions, uh, had a studio up until about 1990. So, mm. And that studio, um, when I first so I was actually doing a road trip through Wisconsin to Minnesota a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And I went through this town where your studio was. And in my mind, I thought it was called Waukesha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I thought it was called Waukesha, but that's not the yep. correct way to pronounce nope. it. Nope, Waukesha. Waukesha, Waukesha. Your studio was in Waukesha. And, right. Um, yeah, so it's very interesting because, you know, it's kind of like when you look at life and your passions and how it unlocks certain doors that you didn't even imagine walking through. Um, sure. You know, your passion was music, but it sounds like it was more so maybe a hobby. Is that accurate to say, or? Uh, I was serious about wanting to pursue it, mm -hmm. but I didn't have, I discovered when I was at college, I didn't have the finger dexterity mm. and I, I didn't have enough good ideas to make it as a musician. Mm -hmm. um, but what I did have was the ability. I had the ears and I, I could tell when something wasn't right, both from a compositional standpoint and, you know, playing. It was like what I really was was a huge music fan Got it. that I could then translate that into, well, here's how this should sound. Mm. And this is before recording engineering became a college degree, which you can get degrees in that now. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I did some studying. I studied at a school in Ohio. And uh, so, you know, a as a musician, I wasn't that good, but I could tell what other musicians should be doing mm. and became a recording engineer and a producer for some records mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, just from a sports analogy standpoint, you know, some people aren't great athletes, but they can be great coaches. Yes. And, and that's pretty much what it sounds like it was in your situation here with the music. That's a good parallel. Yeah. And, and that's what you went into. And, you know, you did that for 10 years. Um, mm -hmm. And I've read the story about the situation with that studio. Um, yeah. 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 I read that. And then so early 90s, you uh, basically did another pivot, right? I did do another pivot. Um, I kind of a strange pivot. The I was still doing engineering up until 92. I was working in a publishing company. And during that time, the guy who was in the band that I became the roadie for, and then I, you know, he's best man at our wedding. Mm. He was doing not only jingle singing, but he was doing some voiceover work. Mm. And I could tell that recording engineering wasn't going to be a long-term viable um path for making a living okay. in milwaukee maybe somewhere else but i kind of wanted to stay in the milwaukee chicago area okay. and uh he this guy was doing voiceover work 
And my lovely wife said, well, why don't you try doing voiceover stuff? You know, you got a good voice and uh, Derek's doing this. Why don't you give it a try? And so went to Chicago, studied, learned how the voiceover industry worked, made a demo tape, started shopping it around, got signed immediately. And then they started sending me out on auditions and, you know, one by one started winning some auditions and uh, it turned into a career. Just like that. Um, well, not just like, I mean, it, it well, took a few yeah, years, but. Right, right yeah, yeah, but, definitely. But, definitely, you know, not overnight, but, you know, the fact that, so we're talking early 90s, right? And right. correct me if I'm wrong, please, because, you know, early 90s, I was young. I was like four or five years old. <laughs> okay. But I remember, because I'm not that old, I still remember that early 90s, this is still an era where movie trailers was all voiceovers for the most part. Right, right. right you know, it right. was mostly voiceovers. You know, that's um, I forgot the guy Don Fontaine. I think Don La Fontaine. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you know, um, you know, that's when he was dominating the industry with a few other guys. I actually mm -hmm. watched a video about him and like the top five guys in the movie industry that was doing voiceovers for trailers. I'll, I'll say yeah. all that to say voiceovers was heavily utilized in that time period. Right, it was. So. I guess what I'm getting at is to say that you got signed pretty much immediately. Was that because of the high demand in the industry? Do you think, um, because you know, like it was so many places to fill voiceovers into, or like, did you just really just, you know, you caught a good one. Like, what do you think it was at that? Point? Um, I think it may have just caught a good one. A you good know, one. I, I, I had a lot of people when I had my recording studio, whatever my voice sounded like is what it sounded like. Mm -hmm. And uh, our recording studio was not just music. It was also doing production work for commercials, things like that. Okay. Uh, mostly music, but we did some stuff. And I had a, I had a producer stick me behind the microphone at one point. Mm -hmm. He said, I want you to try to do this spot. This is about, mm, I'm going to say 1985, 1986. And I said, okay, fine, you know, and he gave me a script and I crashed and burned because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. I, I may have had the instrument, had no idea how to play it. So that just sort of stuck in the back of my mind that, well, I've got this instrument, but, you know, I didn't really do anything with it. And, th and then in the early 90s is when that's when I started pursuing it. So I think the change was I learned how to play it. And uh, had a really good teacher, a guy named Ray Van Steen, who is now he's down in Dallas. He's retired. And uh, I, I think I may have just been in the right place at the right time before. You know, voiceover is a very competitive industry now. Everybody who has a USB microphone and a laptop calls themselves a voiceover yeah. or can call themselves voiceover. And a lot of people do. They may not have had the training. They may not have had uh, experience, but, you know, they're hanging out their shingle. And, you know, whereas when I started, there were a few thousand of us in the country yeah. doing it. You know, that's including the coasts, yeah. Atlanta, Chicago, uh, Dallas. Now there's literally hundreds of thousands of people calling themselves voiceovers. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, a little bit of the right place at the right time. Yeah. You know, um, I'm glad that you mentioned that because now anybody can do like we're doing a podcast right now. Those are right. Voiceovers, you know, but 
the proper teaching is what separates, you know, those who can get to the next level versus those who yes. are just like in the pack. What are some things that you learned then that you believe are is still relevant now when it comes to voice acting? Like, because your voice is how you make your money. So, right. You know, right. It's, it's more than just, you know, drinking water. You know, uh, what are some things that you learned? Uh, some of the things that I learned is you are delivering a message. You are not just reading words. Sounds basic but you'd be surprised how many people don't get that who are, who are calling themselves voiceovers. Mm -hmm. uh, it's certainly the way a lot of people who aren't in the industry view it. They, it's, they go, well, it's just reading words. Okay. Well, read this menu, make it sound interesting, mm. you know, and it, blah, 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 you know, and monotone, whatever. It doesn't sound interesting. Yeah. You need to deliver a message. You need to, it, it's acting is what it is. It, whether, it, whether you're doing a radio promo or you're doing a commercial or you're doing a, I do a lot of narration work. For instance, um, thing I did this morning was how to install a toilet. Interesting. How do yeah. you make that sound interesting and captivating? <laughs> well, you need to make it, you have to find that, you know, in that case, I had to find the balance between um, making it sound interesting and engaging, but not too much because then it sounds phony. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, for this installation, you will need the following tools and materials. And, you know, I list the materials. So it needs to be friendly, informative, not too over the top. You know, use the remote control to test the functions of the toilet because it's an electronic toilet. It's a real oh. high-end toilet, you know, so, but it's what to do with those things. And you need to know what's appropriate for each thing that you're doing. So, you know, if I'm doing, you know, shopping at Pool City, it's going to be a little bit different than if I'm installing a toilet. So, right, right. you know, so right, you need right. to... um discern you need to discern you need to bring the appropriate interpretation to each thing mm -hmm. and what's fun about voiceover versus on camera acting is for on camera acting you may have time to study the part create a backstory create that character that you're doing whereas with voiceover you have to bring it now so you have about 10 seconds to decide what you're going to do with it. If it's not right, the director will say, well, let's try something else. Mm -hmm. But you have to come in prepared to catch that Frisbee wherever they throw it. Mm. You know, so if they want a high energy thing, you got to be ready to bring that high energy. If they want something small, you know, a little lighter, a little more intimate. You need to be able to bring that right away. So um, a lot of the skills that I, when I, when people have asked me how to do voiceover, because I get people asking me that all the time. Yeah, I bet. Um, I think a lot of it is people skills, being able to talk to somebody one-on-one, -on -one, really listen to what they're asking you to do. Because I, I have been in sessions where i'm not the main voiceover okay and i'll have some young guy with me who will go 
you know, he'll, he'll be listening to the director. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, great, great. Got it, got it. Which is completely insulting to the director. Mm. It's like, shut up and listen. Mm. Listen to what they're saying and then internalize that and then deliver it. And if it's not right, they'll tell you. You can ask questions, but, you know, respect the person whose project it is. Yeah, yeah. So respect that's a big thing and that's why we yeah. have two ears and one mouth you got to listen more than you speak you know exactly um, so yeah um let's fast forward to 1997 right, sure let's get, to the, let's get to the good stuff not saying that <laughs> okay good. all of that is valuable information don't get me wrong but you know sure you know we want to know about what we're here for okay so 1997 you uh your agent told you to audition for this she did yeah, agent told you to audition for it. Um, this is why having agents is very good, people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and you went to Chicago to audition for a particular job. I didn't. I actually recorded it here. You recorded it up there, okay? Yeah. So, wow. so you recorded like you recorded it at your studio. That's what you. Did yeah, and, and at that point it was a real. You know, this is a fairly complex studio now, but uh, at the time it was a pretty fledgling studio, okay. and. Uh, that particular one, I'm pretty sure I did do, I did record at home, which was not the norm at mm. that time. Mm. Um, I may have recorded it on a four track cassette, to be perfectly honest. I think that's maybe what I was using at the time. On a cassette. I think. Um, I'm a little unclear on that, so... But I don't recall I don't recall actually going in to record okay. that particular audition. Okay. Okay. So, My recollection is I did it at home. So. so you did it at home, but we do know for a fact you was not in Chicago. You was not in Chicago when your agent told you to audition for this gig. You was at home. But right. you know, I, I do want to mention, I'll be remiss if I didn't mention um a very important detail, I believe. Yeah. You had just came back from vacation before this. That is correct. Which is probably, you know. This is, you know, what helped you strike gold. Uh, yes. You know, I've never been to Disney World, but, right. you know, you said that you just had this idea to mimic that voice. That's like, correct. This was your idea. And like, so walk mm -hmm. us through that, that thought process because, you know, sure. you didn't want to just do it in the voice that you normally had been using or you chose to do this voice. Why was that? Um, We had been on the monorail at Disney World and so they wanted a train voice so i had to go okay what is a train what's voice? a train voice you know and first thing that comes to mind is the next stop is but you know somebody you know talking over a crappy little speaker and i'm thinking okay that's not what they want because otherwise they wouldn't be doing this so um where have i heard a train i i heard one on the monorail so what how did that guy sound and you know and he was the guy who was doing it, I'm pretty sure, was the same guy who was at that time doing all the Disney trailers as well. So he was doing the movie trailers, and I his mark his name is Mark something. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I went, okay, this guy's sort of doing a friendly mm -hmm. tour as you're going on the monorail. So you know, welcome to the Dis Disney monorail. On the left is the Contemporary Resort, and over here is the Magic Kingdom, and you know, yeah. and but I had to take that sort of friendliness and bring it down to whatever words they wanted me to say, which was you know, 
this is stayed in Lake, you know? So I, I, I basically just did an imitation of that guy's style yeah. with the words that they provided me with. And they provided you with everything, right? Like, for the audition, we did um, number of streets. We did a, you know, some announcements. You know, no smoking, drinking, gambling, card playing, whatever. You know, yeah. on CTA trains, and you know, so we the, we did a few of those, mm -hmm. and I sent it off to my agent, who sent it off to the CTA, and it was like, yeah, we this is who we want. This is who we want. I didn't hear anything for six months. I would have forgot about it. I did forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> I did forget about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then one day my agent called me up and said, uh, so you remember that CTA thing you auditioned for? Um, they want to hear a little more, but I think you got the gig. And I'm like, say what? Yeah. And so I had to record a little more. They wanted to hear some more stuff. And I did. And I'm still doing it. Still doing it. Like, 97 was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. We're coming up on 2027 just soon. Yeah. Uh, so that's 26 years. And yeah. know, that's, just, that's huge. That's, that's huge, Lee. And it's like, you know, when you... Because, like, as far as I can remember, I don't remember CTA not having your voice. Like, I'm really trying to okay. think, like, as early as I can remember riding the CTA, I was, like, probably 9, 10. That sounds about right. And I'm like, yeah. It's the same yeah. voice. The, the trains have changed. The buses have changed, but the voice is the same. Um, you know, like, what was it like recording all... Because Chicago's a huge city. So yeah. you're doing all of the train lines, red, blue, you know, green. You're doing all the buses, too. And that's a lot. Like, how... what we did, What we did was the first recording session was two and a half days. Okay. It was pretty much solid six, eight-hour days. Um, my voice has gotten a lot older now and I couldn't handle a day like that anymore. Mm. Um, it just, you know, age does some things to you, but we, you know, at the time we, we recorded pretty much eight hour days. So, but two and a half days at a studio called track work orange that doesn't exist anymore. It closed a couple of years after we did the first recordings. Oh, wow. Um, and is on tape, you know, so quarter inch tape. Mm -hmm. And we would re and we, we sort of set the the template for how we approach these during those sessions. So for every recording, every announcement, you know, let's say it was Fullerton, and that's it. We re recorded three times, okay. and then the uh, director would say, okay, let's try doing three different versions of that. You know, a little higher sounding, a little lower sounding, because they wanted to have options when they went back to to editing yeah. to try to make something that was, as they said, a seamless, consistent uh, sound for these things. So, and they didn't know exactly how that was going to happen. So we recorded each announcement at least three times. Some of them we recorded as many as 15 times. Uh -huh. And so when you, you know, it took two and a half days, 
and we didn't do all the you know the pink line didn't exist at that time it did no no um we did that later and we only did the trains initially so the yeah it was just the trains the buses were added i'd have to look in my session database Mm -hmm. to see when the buses were added but the buses were added years later so we did all those and then we would do some updates um both changing the way something was said like for instance we had a problem with the the technology back then was very small um memory cards that were in at least 8-bit technology the engineer used to claim it was 4-bit technology I'm not sure that's correct, Mm -hmm. but he claimed it was 8-bit technology with a low sample rate because they were trying to save space on these cards. (laughs) And every card, my understanding was, is triggered by a central computer on the train. And so each one of these cards exists in every car. You think it's just um, audio cables you know, like there's a central yeah. thing that, and it's playing through all the trains. No, it's actually triggering the card in each of the cars is my understanding. Wow. Okay. Not positive about that. But so every time they had to change an announcement, it was a huge deal because they had to change it on all Everything. the cars. That's a lot of cars. <laughs> That's a lot, of cars. a lot of cars. So, you know, they didn't take it lightly. They wanted to get it right the first time. Right. Right. And so then uh, same kind of technology in the buses, except for obviously there's only one bus, you know, so but they had those memory cards in the buses as well. Different company. The first company was a company out of Germany, I guess, that did it. And the company that does the buses to this day is a company. I think they're in New York. Okay. That's the technology company that gotcha. makes the equipment. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. So, okay. So yeah, you did the trains first. Did the buses came later? You know, how many times? Like whenever they add a new stop, or you know, um, for for example, now they're about to extend the red line. So now right. it's no longer you are riding the red line train from Howard to ninety fifth. You know, it's mm-hmm. no longer that. Like you're gonna have to. So how often do you have to go back and you know do updates or you know? I yeah, I've been asked that question uh quite a bit. We do updates on average three times a year. Okay. Now I've already done three updates this year and been told there might be another one coming before the end of the year. Mm. Uh during the pandemic, I th- I think 2020, I don't think I updated at all. Okay. But it it works out to about three times a year. And when you do these updates, you're just doing what's being added or like you have to do everything again. Oh no, no, just what's added. Just, just what's added. Okay, that's what I'm. Yeah, just wanted to add. Yeah, I, I mean, I've done, I've done sessions. Not recently, but I've literally done sessions where it's one line. One line. Oh, and you know, so that it because um. In April, well, I think we did more than one line, but the main thing was the uh, you know there there had been some uh, fights breaking out on things and mm. on trains or buses. And so we created an announcement saying you're being watched. 
and we will prosecute to the fullest extent of the law. Yeah. Um, yeah. which I was a little surprised that hadn't been done before, but we they, you know, I guess we hadn't needed it before. Uh, but uh, you know, so we did that. Um, but but I've done one line. Uh, I just did a session three four weeks ago, where we did. 52 announcements for various things that was both i'm pretty sure that was both bus and train and how long would those 52 announcements take you on average that session give me a second because i keep this stuff in a i do have a session database Um, very well organized i love it i try i try to be i need to get better myself uh the session i did on june 28th was oh no that was that session was five announcements. Okay. This was um, 55 announcements, and that took me two and a half hours. Two hours for 55 announcements. So you basically got paid for two hours worth of work to say 55 sentences? Two and a half hours, yeah. Three, oh, mm. Yeah, two and a half hours. No, not bad, not bad. And, and then um, I also do the engineering on it now. Uh, used to have a gentleman who uh, was integral to the whole process he was there from the beginning um i think he retired i'm not sure exactly what happened but uh so because i was a recording engineer i took over doing all the recording for it as well oh, yeah, yeah, so you know i do all the editing i processed it create the files that the cta uses so yeah and this is um yeah so it's like you know it all started because you got creative you know, um, you got creative in the beginning because you was like, you know what, you know, thank God for Disney World. You know, thank God for Disney World. <laughs> exactly. In your mind because um, very grateful. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure, like, you're literally probably the only one that came at it from that angle. You know, um, could you know, be probably, and you know that really landed you a, um, you know, a long term relationship with a very large organization in the third yes. city in the country that moves millions of people every single day and they don't even know about it. And again, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm a nerd because I like to know things behind everything. You know, I want to know why things are the way they are. And, you know, it never really dawned on me until I was in adulthood. Like, who is that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, who is that? You know, we live in a world where, you know, AI is taking over, you know, you got chat GTP, all of these things, but AI is only AI because it comes from humans, right? Right. You know? It's artificial intelligence. So I was thinking, I'm like, if this is a recording, it has to be someone's voice that they got this recording from. Yes. And I wanted to find out who that voice was. And I found that voice. And, you know, (laughs) I also read that for a long time, you didn't want to be known as the CTA guy. You know, that's correct. You didn't want to be typecast. You know, why Mm -hmm. is that? You thought you was just going to be relegated to just doing voices for public transit systems. Is that why you want to do more things? I, th- that wouldn't have been a bad thing, except for it wouldn't have it wouldn't have made much of a career. Okay. The uh, the reason for it was I was still trying to get my voiceover career. It was established, but it wasn't where I wanted it to be. And this is a very specialized voice. I, you know, I don't talk. You know, doors closing. You know, I don't do that. You know, in <laughs> in, in normal everyday right. life. Right. Right. And. I didn't want that, you know, I was trying to get, I was doing a lot of narration work, but I was, I was trying to get my foot more in the door with the ad agencies and doing commercial work and things like that. And I didn't want 
my name associated with that voice as the first introduction to what I can do. I understand. So as a fellow when, creative, I understand that. Yeah. I wanted them, if they brought me in for an audition, I wanted them to hear what I was able to give on their script as the first thing. Because if they said, well, we don't want Lee Crooks because he does that. He sounds like that train thing. Yeah. Well, you haven't even given me a shot. You haven't even yeah. brought me in to get get a chance to try doing it. Yeah. So until I was, until I felt like I was pretty established, um, I didn't tell anybody. You know, it it was, it, it's sort of like the voice of Siri. The voice, the current voice of Siri does a lot of different things. But if they think that's all she does, you know, then, well, that's not the kind of voice we want. Yeah. Well, you know, she can also do cartoon characters. Mm. So give her a shot. You know, see what the person can do before you make a judgment about it. Yeah. Yeah, don't and that's why I kept it secret. Understood, understood. And, you know, it paid off for you. That was a very great decision because, you know, you've done a lot of things. Thanks. Chevy, you did Chevy. Um, I did some we, Chevy stuff, Chevy yeah. Chevy is a totally different vibe from CT. Oh, yeah. You know, because, like, the commercials I see, they're like, rough and rugged Silverado. You know, my voice exactly. acting is terrible, so please, you know, don't. Uh, no, it's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's a whole different macho type of vibe. So your decision right. to keep it quiet actually paid off because yeah if an exec at chevy would have knew what you did they would have like oh no we don't want the we don't want the lion king you know <laughs> you yeah know? we don't want beauty and the beast we want the beast you know that's, right right yeah. yeah so i definitely understand that thought process um but you know you're still doing cta and it's like why would they want to you know switch up because it works and you do Correct me if I'm wrong. What's the other line that you do the voice for? Uh, Buffalo. Buffalo, New York. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. All the way up there. I've never been yep. to New York. Mm. And and an interesting thing. Um, I you know we're talking about AI. Years ago, probably eleven years ago, I did a text to speech company. Okay. Um. So I did. I recorded thousands of lines for this company. I got very nicely paid. It wasn't, and, and, you know, they were selling my voice to, um, phone systems, uh, various, various things, um, went through an agent I met and they negotiated a very nice contract and it hasn't, it hasn't affected my business really. You know, I, I'm glad I did it, but, we were in JFK last year, okay. and I swear, in the terminal near where they the trains connect to the terminal, not in the trains, uh -huh. but where but the terminal in the terminal, it's my voice because because my wife and I were walking to take a train, you know, to go somewhere, and we're listening and we're like looking at each other, going, <laughs> "That's gotta be me." That's you. Yeah, you my wife immediately picked up on it. Is you like? Yeah, and so they probably they probably licensed my voice from this company. Mm. You know, so. And do you get royalties? I think on I'm that? in JFK as well, but. Do you get royalties on that? Was that like already negotiated? You know. No, they they paid me handsomely up front. Okay. 
And uh, actually, that's not true. Um, I did get this past year, I did get a uh, royalty bump that my agent negotiated for something. I'm not sure what they negotiated, but uh, I did get an extra check for that oh, this, this past good. year. But life is good. Uh, life is good. Yeah. You know, it's it very good. good. What other things are you doing currently, though, outside of CTA? Uh, right now, like I said, you know, installation videos for a, a plumbing company. Um, I, I do a lot of installation kind of videos. Uh, I guess I'm able to explain stuff in a way that people can follow without too much difficulty. Let me look at my uh, the database. Uh, last week I did um, part of a social studies textbook for, I think, eighth graders. Mm. I have been the voice of a uh, trucking company, and I'm talking truck manufacturer, okay. all of their uh, technician videos. I've been doing that since about 2003. And uh, so I do a lot of that. Let's see what else. I have um, a lot of long-term partners. That's, that's I did for another podcast. I did a bunch of liners, hmm. uh, award shows kind of thing you know so like an industry a company will have there's a pharmaceutical company they do awards you know um internal awards mm -hmm. awarding their um employees for doing good work and there's a bunch of us male and female who do their award show okay so i do that kind of thing um what else Stand uh phone systems yeah, I do a do a few phone systems. Mm -hmm. So stay busy. busy. The voice is staying busy. Like you got to keep the voice healthy. You know, I'm you, trying. Like, you you drink a lot of tea. You know, like how do you? <laughs> I drink a lot of tea. Um, I drink a lot of water. Of you know, constantly. You know, I spend some time. I'm a little. I'm still a little rough from. I you know. I don't know if you want me to mention this, but you know, I had some lumbar shots in my back because i don't have a great back okay. and the cortisone traveled to my voice and i and it messed up my voice for a few days still feeling the effects of it today mm. and that was that was a week ago yeah yeah but of all you know, things the voice it of all things yeah. it bothers the voice you know of course like but it's happened before i just didn't think about it and then next day I sounded like an old man. I couldn't even talk to her, you know, and that's, and, you know, we had to reschedule this because we did. We did. I couldn't do it on Thursday. And this is what I sounded like on Thursday, you know, so it was, you know, it's still there. It's better, but yeah. I'm still not a hundred percent yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you, throughout the years, like when you run into things like this, this is like something that's, put in the contract like you know my voice has to perform if my voice doesn't perform like can the client reschedule with you or do they be like oh we don't need you anymore like how does that work you know because depend depends on this on the session yeah. i've had both i've had people say we'll wait and we really want to use you um you know take care of yourself get better you know we get colds yeah. you know things, you things happen you are and uh yeah i'm human and sometimes they go, no, we got to get this done today. It's got to be on the air by Thursday. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we're going to have to move on. And, you know, so, and that's the biz. You know, I, I have a client who I'd been working with for a long time and uh, I had a cold for three weeks and they actually got angry with me and I'm like, I, it, I, I can't do anything. I'm sorry. You know, and I re and uh, I haven't worked for them in a year and a half. I think they got ticked. You know, it, it's just, you know, that's how some people handle things, you know, so it's it's the biz yeah it's how the dice rolls um yeah you know, for every one client like that i'm sure you have multiple others that you know have the patience and understand it again you are human but a sore throat is your worst enemy um, right right without, without a doubt when you and most of my clients are very cool about that stuff yeah so. as they should you know i mean yeah like you told me you have to reschedule i mean how am i gonna be like oh, yeah you know i appreciate you letting me know but, you would um, not have liked to listen to me on Thursday last week when uh, we were originally scheduled. Uh, it was terrible. Very, very, very <laughs> you know, um, when you was recorded for CTA, what were some things that you, because obviously you're not a Chicagoan, technically you are uh, right. Milwaukee and Wisconsin, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. sure the term. Uh, what were some things that you learned about Chicago as, with the process of recording for CTA? Well, for starters, I learned what a cool city Chicago is. I mean, I, I had been work, trying to work in Chicago and I'd been driving down um, a lot mm -hmm. to establish myself in Chicago. Yeah. But the, the people in Chicago are so friendly, so welcoming. A little, little bit of an attitude, but nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I like that. I like that attitude. I like that. You know, hey, we got it covered. You know, we get we got it on we got it under control. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um. I have run into I've run into more jerks in Milwaukee than I have in Chicago. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, you know, just and I don't know why that is. I I mean, it's not a huge thing, but it's um people kind of it, it's that little bit of a superior midwestern sensibility mm -hmm. but in chicago it's softened a little bit with um i don't even know what to call it i it, it there's a there's just a friendliness in chicago that is wonderful i i would say that friendliness is also in milwaukee it just seems there's a few there's a handful of people in Milwaukee that I've run into mm -hmm. who seem like they think they're bigger than they really are. Mm -hmm. I'll just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's, you know, we're talking very small numbers, but I would say the numbers even less in Chicago, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's been really welcoming in Chicago. Um, the number of things you can do in Chicago is just wonderful. Yeah. You know, there's so many, you know, I, I would love to get down to Chicago more, you know, between plays and music, uh, you know, the parks are wonderful. I'd love to get down there more often, but, you know, I, since the pandemic, I've been down there very seldom and uh, I miss it. Yeah. You it's know, right down the street. It's right down yeah. The street. Yeah. The, you know, the, the pandemic changed so many things. Most of my recording sessions now even when I'm with a recording studio are from here to another recording studio, as opposed to, I used to drive down three to five times a week. Mm -hmm. I put a lot of miles on my car Yeah, and I rarely drive down now. Mm. 
it's um there's a thing called source connect which is internet or it's it's audio over the internet okay and so i do a lot of source connect sessions to recording studios in chicago or anywhere else in the country yeah or we'll even have producers over the phone a lot of sessions are over the phone a they trust me as a recording engineer to give them a, a good product which i always do but b um i guess it's cheaper for them to not have me come in yeah so i miss the social aspect yeah, yeah which is wonderful in chicago yeah you know do you have a favorite uh restaurant down here favorite food down here i have one restaurant that i've been to a lot and probably because it used to be there used to be a recording studio right above it <laughs> um where I did, you know, I said I did some social studies stuff. I used uh -huh. to record all this publishing stuff at this this recording studio on Grand called Echo, E-K-O. Okay. It's not there anymore because same thing with the pandemic. The, everything went virtual. Mm. Uh, there's a restaurant called Valare on uh, St. Clair and Grand, Italian mm. food. Okay. Love it. Can't say I heard of it, but I'm going to add it to my list. Yeah, add it. I'm going to add it to my list. Yeah, they're they're good. Mm. That's probably Italian food. Yeah. Yeah, I love Italian yeah. food. I love pasta. I'm, I'm a heavy carb guy. You know, I, I like to run a lot, so it helps yeah. me out in more ways than my taste buds. But um, yeah, I'm gonna add that to my list. Thank you for the recommendation. You said you was doing the textbook, so that segues into mm -hmm. my next question real quick. Sure. How many book narrations have you done? Audio books, things like that. Have you dabbled into that realm a lot, or no? I dabbled into it a little bit. And uh, about about 2015, 2016, I was kind of playing around with it. Okay. The thing, the reason I haven't gotten into it is because doing audiobooks is a marathon. You have to be able to record probably three, four hours at a crack and still sound pretty much as fresh as you did you three hours ago at the end of it. My as I've gotten older, my voice doesn't want to do that mu so much anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, so I get I unfortunately I start getting a little raspy after a couple hours. Mm. And audiobooks, they when they send you an audiobook to record, they want it back pretty quickly. Now, I mean, pretty quickly is maybe two weeks. Okay, but. When you have day, like two days or something, like hold up. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Because oh, once you're done recording it, yeah. then you have to edit it. And there are people who will do editing separately, but you have to pay them. Or if you're um a narrator and an engineer like I am, you can edit yourself. Mm -hmm. But for every I guess the rule is for every hour of audio is six hours of editing. You know, cleaning up things and getting mouth noises out of it. And you do retakes. Popping so you got to yeah. popping peas. You got to get all that, you know, any retakes out. Um, as you listen, you're also proofreading. So you want to make sure you didn't miss any words or switch words around. It's a real marathon and it doesn't pay as well as you would think. Mm. So I sort of, after really exploring it, I sort of abandoned that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and the key factor was being able to re narrate for a long time. I used to be able to go for four hours 
and still sound really good. Uh, as I've gotten older, it's it doesn't work as well. Mm. Yeah. I can sound good for short bursts, you know. So, for, yeah, yeah. You're a sprinter. You're a sprinter, not a distance. Now a sprinter. Yeah. yeah. Marathons, marathons are kind of over. Yeah. Um, I got a couple small things on Audible, but um, you know, when I do the uh when I do the textbook sort of things, usually what they let me do is for the first hour, they're on the phone listening in and giving directions. And then they're like, yeah, you got it from here. So I can record as long as I sound good, stop, take a break, come back an hour later, record another hour. I don't have to have the client there. They trust me for what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. Your reputation precedes you. That's why. And, you know, this is kind of like a personal question because I've written two novels, working on my third. Ah. And the time has come where I can no longer escape avoiding the audiobook portion. Ah. Um, the demand has gotten too high. One of my mentors told me it's time. Um, so I'm about to prepare to record the audiobook for my first novel as okay. I'm writing my third novel. Um, Excellent. And, and I've just been dreading it. I've been dreading it. You know, it's just like, like you said, it's a marathon. That's what I've already mm -hmm. been thinking in my head. Like, I don't know if I can really do this. I mean, I know I can, but it's like, I don't know if I want to do it, but I got to do it. Do you have a lot of characters? Yes. Okay. Probably don't want to tell you what to do, but probably get somebody who can do and differentiate a lot of characters, mm -hmm. you know, male and female. Doesn't have to be cartoon voices where every character is completely different, mm -hmm. but you want to give a flavor of something to each character. And somebody who can differentiate that sort of thing. If you think you can do that, go for it. Yeah. Um, That's I definitely was the, thinking about the outsourcing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Option because it's like, whoo, you know, all these words, like 80,000 words isn't that much, but 80,000 words is still 80,000 words. Obviously, of course, you're grateful to be working with CTA still to yes. this day and that your voice Very. is still heard throughout the city of Chicago. But what are some other things that you take away from that experience uh, that, you know, your kids or grandkids, you know, if you have any, you know, that, you know, you could tell them stories and, you know, like what brings you joy outside of the obvious? I what if what it I guess what I would say is it. It made me feel like a legitimate player um, as opposed to a perpetual wannabe mm. trying to yeah. and and I still have that I still want to do more with my career but it gave me at least a feeling like okay I've accomplished something that I can point to and uh, and it feels good you know it but the CTA is such a small part of what I do. It's just the most visible part of what I do. Because yeah. most of what I do, people don't know it's me. Yeah, no one's like watching a toilet installation video just to no. watch. You know, no one's just, right. no. Oh, yeah, put on this toilet installation video. <laughs> no one's doing no. that. Yeah, so I, I definitely understand. Um, 
just for point of clarity, the reason why I ask, because as a fellow creative, you know, yes. uh, I'm not a voice actor, but I use my voice, you know, my sure. voice, you know, carries both of these podcasts, um, you know, I'm a public speaker, all of those things, you know, we all battle this, you know, uh, issue of, like you said, am I, do I deserve to be here? Like, am I good enough? You know, imposter uh, syndrome. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. There we go. Mm -hmm. We all battle imposter syndrome, even more so as creatives, because you yep. know, the creative world is so huge and it's so cluttered. Like you said, everybody with a microphone is a podcast or a voice actor. Yep. now. Everybody with a camera is a photographer now, you know? So it's like, mm -hmm. what can I do to set me above the rest? And, you know, for me, you know, it's when I had landed my, um, first uh fortune 500 client so when i had landed them i'm like oh this is a global organization mm -hmm. maybe i am starting to be worthy you know even though yeah. we shouldn't take that but that's like the affirmation on that external side of things yep. so that's the point of clarity i was asking as far as like cta because it is such a huge organization and you know so much money so many people going through it you know that's probably what i was asking like was that probably it for you as a creator. It, it 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 went a long way you know i wanted one of the one of the things i really wanted to do was a lot more national commercials and i've done some okay. i i never have nailed that end of the industry you know i that was sort of the holy grail for me trying to mm. you know break into the doing regular national commercials you know had some success with chevy um what else did i do um done some stuff for kellogg's things like that huh? but never really you know ne never hit that the way i wanted to however i had the cta and i've got regular clients who use me in the narration end of things for training films and whatever that I know that there's other people who would be so grateful to have the same opportunity. So you, sometimes you have to be very happy with what you've got. Mm. And while, while I was pursuing this thing, all these other things came into being mm. and they were great. Mm. And it took me a while to go, yeah, this isn't happening, but look what happened. This, this turned out great. Yeah. So it's also being aware of what's what's going on in your life and and stopping to smell the roses and being grateful for what you got and so the cta in a way legitimized what i was doing but so did all this other stuff it just took me a while to re realize it yeah, yeah yeah so you know sometimes we focus so, so much on one thing and like we can't even see all the great things materializing you know outside our field of view I got right. to just turn our head on a swivel. And... Yeah, I I didn't set out to be a voiceover when I when I came out of high school. That I mean, I didn't even know what a voiceover was at that point. Mm. And here I am, and this is what I do now. So, you know, when those opportunities come, take them, enjoy them. You know, they they may take you in areas that you never thought you were going towards. And it's, you know, it's a fun journey. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. Uh, so, sounds like you've got some good things going too. Doing my best. 
you know, I'm doing my best. You know, uh, everything you just said, you just gave me a whole sermon right there. You know, just, you know, don't fixate so much on certain things, you know, just enjoy the opportunities that's, you know, happening naturally, you know, around you. I think in this, this world we live in now, that's what it takes to be successful. It, it, it takes a certain enthusiasm for life. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, you certainly have it. She certainly has it. I like to think I have it, you know. So, if I, you know, if I was going to advise somebody, it's like, look around you. There's so many opportunities. There's so many wonderful things going on in the world, you know. And Chicago is a great place to do it. Yeah. Chicago is, you know, there's so many opportunities there. Many. You just have to look for them. And if you and if you need some ideas, just ask somebody. They'll give you ideas on things that need to be done. Or can be done. If you enjoyed this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on right now, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, etc., leave a five-star review and a comment. Let us know what you think. And don't forget to subscribe to our sister podcast, Mogul Motivation, from True Stories Media.